I'm going to bring this morning a doctrinal kind of a sermon. Most of my sermons are very practical. This morning it's going to be a practical sermon, but it's going to be sort of a doctrinal kind of a message. Because, and by the way, I'm sure you know this, I, I counsel with literally thousands of people a year, trying to help people and with their problems and so forth. And uh, when I see a trend in my counseling, then I often preach on a, the subject that will be the uh, correct that uh, some problem or heal some uh, infirmity in the church body. And in my counseling in the last few weeks, I have talked to so many people who are having some doubts about their salvation. I talked to a young man the other day who said, I think I've lost my salvation. And uh, I guess I must have talked to 25 people in the last four or five weeks who said, Brother Hiles, I'm having some real doubts about my salvation. I come to you this morning with what I believe is the most positive proof that you, if you've trusted Christ, you can sit back and enjoy enjoy the trip and don't have to worry about the destination. I I could take you to passages, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things you'll never you shall never fall. I could take you to the passages like that. I could take you to passages like, uh, uh, my father is greater than all, uh, holds them in his hand, no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. Um, I could take you to the passage that says we're kept by the power of God. I could take you to the passage that says now to him is able to keep, you, keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And I could try to show you passages that deal with the fact that once you have Christ as your Savior, it's all settled. The transaction's done. Tis done. The great transaction's done. I am my Lord's and He is mine. But I'm going to bypass that kind of logic this morning and take you into one of the great doctrines of the Bible to try to calm you. Vance Havner said the job of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. I afflicted the comforted last was Sunday night. And I'm going to try to comfort the afflicted this morning. And uh, so... Uh, I want, I want to, those of you that are not really born again, I'd like to stir you up and get you saved. Those of you that are born again, I'd like to settle you down and get you sure. And uh, so this morning, my message is to those of you, I'm talking to those of you who can point back to a place, and you may not know the date of the, what, what the date of the month was, or what the hour of the day was, but in your mind, you can picture a place when you realize that you were a sinner, and you realize that sinners were lost and under the condemnation of God, and you receive Christ, realizing that Jesus came to the earth and paid the penalty for your sins, went to Calvary and died the, uh, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous, God for man, and paid the penalty, and you received him as your Savior and trusted him to take you to heaven when you die. I'd like to talk to you this morning and settle your nerves and calm you concerning this matter of your salvation. What a verse. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. Let me see if I can paraphrase that for a moment, please. Those things that he plans to do in the future, he sees them done now. God sees what will be done as done. Basically, that means that my future is in the past. Let me paraphrase it again. He sees things that are not yet and calls them by actual realities. 
what he says he will do is as good as done. Let me say it again. What God says he will do is as good as done. Illustration. God, by his foreknowledge, looked down and saw Calvary. He knew that Jesus would die 2,000 years ago on the cross. He knew that Pilate would try him. He knew that he would be delivered to wicked men. He saw the cat of nine tails piercing the back of our Lord. He saw the nails in his hands and in his feet. He saw the crown of thorns on his brow. He heard him say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it is finished. And God the Father looked down into eternity, saw Calvary, and said, That's the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Why? Because God knew before the foundation of the world He was going to give His Son. And His Son agreed to come in time to pay the penalty for sin. So God in eternity saw Him already crucified before He was ever born. You see, God is not limited by time. But we are limited by time. So Christ, for our sake, had to die in time. But for God, He died in eternity. So God said He was slain before the foundation of the world. So millions of years, if you could call years in relation to God, before there was ever a cross, before there was ever a Calvary, before there was ever a world, before there was ever a foundation of the world, God said, it's done. Jesus has died. He hadn't even come to earth. There was no earth then. There was no foundation of the earth then. But God looked down and in the future and saw by His foreknowledge that Jesus would die, and God said, He is already slain as far as I'm concerned. Now, I'm giving you that because I wanna, I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm using these illustrations so I can tell you in a few minutes about your eternal salvation. Illustration. God looked down and saw Abraham and Sarah having a boy. Well, Sarah did most of it. And uh, God saw Isaac. God saw that 90-year-old woman in the maternity ward of St. Margaret's Hospital. And saw that 100-year-old man pacing the floor. And saw the doctor coming out and telling that 100-year-old man, it's a boy. And God saw Abraham in the future would have, would have a son. And that son was the father of many nations. And God said to Abraham, before the son was born, before he was conceived in the womb of Sarah, God called Abraham the father of the nation. Now, I'm laying a foundation here. I want you to see that when God says it's going to be done, it's as good as done. Illustration. A little runt of a guy, introverted fellow named Gideon, was hiding behind the wine press, threshing his wheat. God had chosen that Gideon would be the great general that would lead the Israelites to victory over the great host of the Midianite army. The angel of God is commissioned to go to Gideon, and Gideon is 
He, he, by the way, as I said so often, Gideon was the runt man, runt child, of the smallest family, of the smallest nation, on the, of the smallest tribe, of the smallest nation, on the face of the earth. And the angel of God comes, and Gideon is hiding behind the wine press, dressing his wheat. The angel of God says, All hail, thou mighty man of valor. Why? Because God, in his foreknowledge, looked down and saw Gideon leading the armies of Israel against the Midianites. And God said, as far as I'm concerned, it's already done. You're already a mighty man of valor. He said to Abraham, you're already the father of many nations. He said concerning Calvary, it's already been done, even before there was ever a world or its foundations were ever laid. I'm saying this morning... Now, laying a firm foundation that when God sees something as going to be done, and God decides someday He's going to do something, it is as good as done. Let me illustrate again. Over in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, we have the story of the great white throne judgment. I saw... Uh, God said, I saw the great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose face the heaven and the earth fled away, and there was no more sea, and the books were open. And, uh, and it goes on to say in the last verse, and every, uh, those not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. Now wait a minute. This great white throne judgment doesn't take place till after the millennium. This great white throne judgment doesn't take place till at least a thousand seven years from right now. And yet, God said in Revelation, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat, past tense, on it, from whose face the heaven and earth, uh, past tense, spread away. And those not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. Why? Because God knows everybody who just doesn't trust Jesus is going to hell. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Everybody who doesn't trust Jesus is going to hell. Well, you say, preacher, I don't believe in hell. Well, you will. You will. I'm saying the Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all those that forget God. The Bible said, then said it says those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The Bible said where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. There is a hell. It is fire. And you turn down Jesus and don't get saved, and as sure as God be God, you're going to hell when you die. But God looked down by his foreknowledge and saw the great white throne that is at least a thousand and seven years away from us, and probably much more than that in the future. And God said, those not found written in the book of life were cast the lake of fire, because if you're not going to trust Jesus, you're as good as in hell right now. I'm saying... Those things which God sees that will be done, or as good as done, and those things which God has deemed to do in the future, He sees as done already. Now, there's no better explanation of this than in Romans 8, 29. You need not turn to it. Let me just do it to save a bit of time here. Listen carefully. For whom He did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed in the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now get this. Moreover, 
whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, all of these things are in the past tense concerning you and me today, 2,000 years after these things were written. Bible said, whom he foreknew. Let me have this mic right here, please, if I can. Amen. Let me have this mic right here. God, God said, He looked down in the future. Back yonder before there was ever a world. Back yonder before you were ever thought of except in the mind of God. Turn me up just a bit, please. And God looked down the future. And God saw you. He saw that you would live. He saw you this morning. God saw this service this morning before the foundation of the world. Those of you who are not saved this morning, who are going to get saved, God saw you walk in the aisle this morning before the world was ever created. And God in His own mind looked down and He saw that you would live in 1989, and God saw that you would come to First Baptist Church of Hammond this morning, and God saw that you would hear the gospel of the grace of God, and God saw that some faithful preacher would say to you, you're lost if you don't trust the Savior. And God saw that preacher in his four hours. He saw me preaching this morning and telling you that Jesus died on the cross to save you from sin. And God looked down in his four hours and God saw me telling you that you could go to heaven when you die. You don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven if you want to. But you've got to get born again. And the way to get born again is to rely upon what Jesus did on the cross and by his resurrection save you from your sins and righteousness in heaven. And God looked down and saw today. Let's just pick out the person somewhere in the building. Are you up there without God this morning? You don't know if you died to go to heaven? Are you sitting up there in that section? Or are you sitting up here this morning? You don't know you'd go to heaven if you died. Or are you sitting up in the middle section of the doctrine this morning? You're up there. You, need, you don't know your name is written in heaven. You don't know that if Jesus came this morning, you'd rise to meet him in the air. Or are you sitting over on this side of the balcony? You don't know you're saved. Or are you sitting over here this morning? You don't know you're going to heaven when you die. Your name may be on a church roll, but you don't know it's in the last book of life. You may be religious, but you don't know that you're born again. Or are you sitting in this great sinner uh, sea of faces before me this morning? You don't know you're going to heaven. Are you over here? Are you a sailor back here? Are you in this section over here? Are you over here? Over here on this side? Or in the choir? You don't know you're saved. The purpose of this building being here is for you. The purpose of this church being here is for you. The purpose of this preacher standing here is for you. The purpose of our offering a while ago was for me. But the purpose of all of it was for you. Jesus left heaven for you. He came to earth for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you. He ascended for you. He intercedes for you. He's coming back for you. And so he looked down and saw you sitting here in the service this morning. And he saw you now as you said, I need Christ. He saw you as in your heart you said, I'd like to know I'm going to heaven when I die. He saw your heart this morning. He looked down and saw you after a while when you're going to walk out from that, aisle, that seat and down the aisle and receive Christ as Savior. He saw you in the balcony as you walked toward those steps and down the aisle after a while to say yes to Christ and trust Christ as your Savior. And when God saw you do that, He predestinated you 
to be conformed to the image of His Son. You know you were like Jesus before you were ever born? You know in the mind of God you already had your glorified body and were in heaven before you were ever born? Because, well, look at, look at what our text says. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. Those things that have not yet happened, God calls them as though they were. Alright? Now follow me. He said, Whom he foreknew, them he also did predestinate. Now wait a minute. He didn't predestinate first. He foreknew first. God has not predestinated that you'll go to heaven and God's not going to whack you over the head and knock you down and drag you down this aisle. The first step to salvation is up to you. But God looked down and saw that you would take that first step. And whom he foreknew, he did predestinate. Predestinate what? Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. As far as God the Almighty is concerned, look at me right now. Five foot eleven and three quarters if I'm standing up real straight. A hundred and ninety-six pounds if I'm, my heels are over the back of the scales. You ought, to, you ought to see the scales in our house. I always put them a couple of pounds about high and zero. And somebody else, I don't know who it is, but somebody else puts them up on zero. Anybody knows that you're supposed to put the scale two or three pounds behind zero? Right? Right. But God looked down and God said, that fellow Hiles in 1937 has a 11-year-old boy, a little barefoot kid, driven the Buckers home in the ghettos of, of, of southwest Dallas. God looked down by his foreknowledge and said, that little boy is going to walk the aisle. In August of 1937, he's going to walk the aisle. And God said, I, I see him doing it now. God said, I, I'm going to go ahead right now and make him like Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm like Jesus now, but in, as far as God's concerned, it's done. It's as good as done. Because God saw I would. Listen, you put your faith in Christ just like that, and I'll guarantee you that turns a switch that'll turn on all the eternity to start working and, and, and the machinery to start going. And brother, in, in just a matter of now, God will look back and say, He's already like me. Whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. As to this, whom He did predestinate, then He also called. Now get this. Past tense. Hear me now, hear me now. God looked down and said, He's going to trust me, so I'm going to predestinate Him to be like me. But God went ahead and called me anyway. He sent Mrs. Hazelwood to witness to me as a lad and tell me that the WMS of the Fernwood Baptist Church had a call meeting just to pray for little Jackie Boy Hiles that he'd get saved. He had Pastor McElroy stand up in the pulpit, big six foot four inch giant of a guy, while I was standing up over here on this side and doing a prayer. And Brother McElroy said, Oh God, save Jackie boy. And I stopped to realize he was praying for me. He saw me under conviction. He saw me kneel 
between the junior department and the backyard of the Fernwood Baptist Church on a little piece of, uh, of wooden bridge between the church and the backyard. He saw me trust Jesus. But he was all rerun to him. When I got saved, it was just a rerun. God had already seen him. <laughs> can, 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 you, can you see God do an invitation that day when I got saved? Huh? And God said to the angels, I done seen this one. In the mind of God, listen, hear me carefully. Turn me up just a bit. In the mind of God, God knowing I would trust Him, then brought about the circumstances where I would trust Him. You follow me? Now, God didn't predestinate me to go to heaven. God predestinated me to be conformed to His image after He knew I'd trust Him. But God looked down and said, that little boy's going to trust me. Now, He said, I've already seen how. So that, morning, that, that night, when I got saved, Fernwood Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, God said to the angels, look down there. He said, what's that boy see now? He, he's, he's walking out there. He's going to stop and kneel right there on that little place out there. Angel said, how do you know? He said, you done it as far as I'm concerned. And I knelt and the angel said, you were right. And God said, I'm always right. Well, how did you know? He said, it's already been done. Well, why has he got to do it? Because he's in time. But I'm in eternity. As far as I'm concerned, it's already done. I know no time. It's already done. This is just a rerun. I saw the, I saw the original. I know there. He said, now, angel, he's about to pray. I'm going to tell you what he's going to pray. He's going to pray. If you'd save a poor little barefoot boy like me, I did sure trust a Savior like you. And if you'd give me a mansion, I'll take it. What? Listen to him now. And I prayed, Lord, if you'd save a little barefoot boy like me, I did sure trust God like you. And if you'd give, him, give me a mansion, I'll take it. God said, told you so. Told you that's what he'd say. How'd you know? It's already been done. Well, no, it's already been done. It's being done right there, right now. The angel said, God said, as far as I'm concerned, it's already been done. I was saved before I got saved. Hmm? My name was in the last book of life before, before there was a book. I mean, I mean, I, mean I, I was on my way to heaven when I was on my way to hell. Why? Because God in His foreknowledge saw what I'd do, and He went ahead and did it. That's why He said, name written in the book of life before the foundation of the world. And when the angel, recording angel, opened the book of life to write my name in there, he looked under the issues, and he said, sorry, that. And God said, yeah, I snuck in and did it. Yeah. Sorry, down. Down. Talk about losing it. That's God. I've had it as long as there was a God. I lost my salvation. You can't lose what God's already done. My Bible said there is no variableness with God. He never changes His mind. My name was written in the book of life before there ever was a world. Jesus died before there ever was a world. You say, well, the house, did God choose you to be saved? No, sir. I chose Him. 
But his foreknowledge enabled him to look down and see that I would. And when he saw I would, he said, let's just do the whole thing now. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed in the image of his Son. And whom he did foreknow, them he also called. That is no. This morning, God sits here. You sit here right now. God's not sitting. He's standing up. But you sit right now. And you're about ready to walk the aisle. And God says to the angels up in heaven, He said, that one back there is going to walk the aisle. How do you know? Because I looked down by my foreknowledge and I saw it. If you look in the book of life, His name's already there. And God says, okay, if Hiles will ever get through, he's going to walk the aisle. We stand to sing. And God says, angel, look at him. Pretty soon now. On third stanza, he's coming. On third stanza, he comes. And the angel said, my soul, you must be psychic. And God said, draw it down! Well, did you choose him to be saved? No, he's going to choose me right now. Well, if, how, if he's going to choose you right now, how come it's already done? Because I saw back yonder in eternity, he was going to choose me, and I could not wait. I had to write his name. I couldn't wait until he got saved. I had to write his name down right away. It's as good as done. You heard me tell the story, many of you have, about my Uncle, Her- Uncle Roy in Octa. Uncle Roy is my mother's favorite brother. And... Um, uh, Uncle Roy, one of the finest men I ever met. Uncle Roy and Octa got married, and, and Octa was saved. Uncle Roy wasn't. And uh, so one day, Uncle Roy said, uh, uh, and Octa said, go to church with me. Uncle Roy said, no, I won't do it. And Octa said, next time, go to church. He said, no, I won't do it. Well, back in those days, they had baptism in the creek. And they had it about once ever so often, and it was not a part of a church service. You didn't have it after church. You, the, bapti- baptism was just an afternoon event. So Enoch said, Roy, won't you go to baptism with me? And Uncle Roy said, okay. They don't preach there, do they? No. No, okay, I'll go. Uncle Roy went Enoch to the baptizing. While they're baptizing, the, very, the preacher said, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Uncle Roy saw the gospel there in the baptismal service. Uncle Roy said, looking over and said to my Octa, said, said, Octa, you know, if I, see, those days didn't have robes and everything, didn't have dressing rooms, you had dressing trees and, and, uh, and so forth, and you brought your own clothes to change. And Uncle Roy looked over while they're baptized and said, Octa, <laughs> said, if I had my extra set of clothes here, I'd get saved and baptized right now. And Octa said, I thought you would, so I brought you an extra change of clothes. Uncle Roy got behind the tree, changed clothes, got saved, got baptized on the spot right there. That's what God did. God looked down and said, I see it! I see it! I see He's going to test me! I'll tell you what, you trust Jesus Christ this morning, these folks that walk this aisle after a while, and get on their knees and say yes to God, and trust the Savior, not the church, not the baptistry, not the confirmation, not the baby sprinkling, not the priest, not the pope, not the rabbi, but the Savior. Trust Him as your Savior this morning. I'll guarantee you, 
God looked down through His foreknowledge before there ever was a world, and God said, I'm going to go ahead and finish up the whole deal and get the whole truck loaded and finish it all up. And God said that you, before the foundation of the world, you were called, and then He said, who He called, them He also justified. Watch me again. Here's God looking down into the future. God sees you sitting here this morning. He sees you somewhere in this building, tucked away. You don't know you're going to heaven, but you want to know. And God sees you right now as in your heart you feel a desire to be saved. You want to know God. You've often thought about it. You've often uh, contemplated it. But all of a sudden now, there's a feel, a, a, a feeling you've not had before, and a hunger you've not had before. Right now you feel it. God sees you. You walked it out after a while. God looked down and saw you doing it. And way back yonder before there was ever a world, God justified you. He predestinated you to be conformed to the image of His Son. He called you, went, went ahead through, <laughs> watched the rerun, like you're going to do the Super Bowl. Like you're going to do the Super Bowl. Because you'll be a church while it's being played. Because you'll be a church while it's being played. And God was watching, watching this morning a rerun of something that's already taken place in eternity. And God said, I'm going to predestinate him to be conformed to the image of my son. I'm going to go ahead and call him, go through the invitation, the baptism and all of it. But then he said, that's not all. I hear him whom he has called them, he also, past tense, justified. What does that mean? That means that before there was ever a world or its foundations were poured, that means that God had already decided, hear me now, God had already decided he would never mark a sin down against my record. <laughs> you think God planned all this? As soon as, I, he, as soon as he found out, I'd say yes. Hear me now? No, God, God didn't plan you'd be saved. The minute God knew you would be saved on your own will, whosoever will, not whosoever's chosen, whosoever will. And God looked down and saw you exercise your will and receiving Christ, and by his foreknowledge he saw you. And God said, I'll predestinate him now to conform to the image of my son. And God said, I will, I'll call him. And then God said, I'll justify him. And bless your heart this morning, there never has been a sin charged against my record. God saw my sins, put them on his record, and went ahead and brought them out. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free. Then my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I sleep eternally. Bless God, my sins are gone. Gone. Justified. My Bible says, Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. What does that mean? That means blessed is a man that commits a sin. God won't write it down against his record. You know why? Because before there was ever a world, God looked down and saw Calvary and saw me trusting Jesus as my Savior. And God that moment said, every sin he ever commits, I'll charge against the record of Jesus. And Jesus took my sins against his record and stood before God and faced the condemnation of God and dipped his own soul in the torments of hell and paid my sins.
God will not record a sin against me. The devil says, you saw how I commit that sin. Write it down. God said, I will not. You saw Colson commit all those sins. You know, how's that sin, Colson, all those sins. Write them down. I will not. Why? Because before the sun ever shone in the sky, before the stars ever twinkled in the heavens, before the moon ever came out at night, I brought Colson sins out. He had justified. You say, what if I lose it? Lose it? You had it before you ever got it. Lose it? Hey, this is not a work of yours. This is a work of His. All you did is flip the switch. It's up to Him. Keep the lights on. You just trusted Him. He saw you were. Oh, what a piddling little salvation you've got. Uh, I've already something wrong. I'm afraid I'll lose it. What a piddling God you have. Let me tell you, my salvation wrapped, is wrapped up in all eternity. Them whom He foreknew, He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. Whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. He will not mark down my sins. And by the way, he won't mark yours down either if you trusted Him as your Savior. You see, it's pride that makes you think you've lost it. Because your pride says you can do something to keep it. You, listen. God thought it. Jesus bought it. And I caught it. I didn't do anything to get saved. I just turned on the switch and He did all the work. The switch is faith. You put your faith in Christ Jesus this morning. Shake your shake off the the, the chains of of, uh, of your confession. Get your sins forgiven. You have to go confess your sins to a skirt wearing man. You don't have to. All you gotta do is trust the Savior, and God will never charge a sin against your record. Why? All charges against Jesus' record and has been the foundation of the world ever since God looked down and saw you're going to walk down and receive Christ this morning. Whom he foreknew, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Whom he did predestinate, whatever that is. Then he also called. Whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, hang with me right now. You ever hear anybody say, by the way, I'll preach to you folks on this side tonight. You ever hear anybody say, in the glorified body, we will look like we looked here. No. No, in the fleshly body, we look like we did there. When God looked down and saw that I was going to get saved... God decided what I was going to look like in my glorified body. So when I got born, God gave my mom and dad the genes that make me look a little bit like I'm going to look then. But my glorified body doesn't copy my earthly body. My earthly body copies the body that Jesus made for me before there ever was a world. He said, look at that. 1937. That's 65 billion years from now. Look at that. Out there in the ghetto. 
That little boy's daddy came home drunk last night. Beat his mama. Little boy stood in the corner and was scared because he saw his mama being beaten by his daddy. God said, there's that little boy, Jackie Boy House, said, he's walking the aisle. He just got through kneeling, trusting me as his Savior. God said to Gabriel, said, make him a, make him a body. Fix his robe for him. Get it all ready. My glorified body was already put on a layaway before I was ever born. And before there was ever a star in the sky or a sun or a moon in the heavens, before there was ever a mountain, before there was ever a valley or a lake or a river or an ocean, God already had my glorified body picked out. <laughs> Prove it. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. Abraham, father of many nations. We don't even have a baby. I'm calling those things that be not as if they were. They that were not found written in the last book of life be cast in the lake of fire. God, that's out in the future. God said it's already done. It's done as far as I'm concerned. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. That means God has already picked out my glorified body. That means it's waiting for me, has been since before the foundation of the world. And you say, I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. You know, I'm afraid I can't hold out faithful. You didn't get saved by holding on faithful. You got saved by trusting Him. And brother, when you said, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I'm lost, and I know Jesus paid the penalty for me, and I now trust Him as my Savior. That moment, Jehovah God looks down and He said, just like I saw in the preview. Just like I saw in the sneak preview. I knew all along what was going to happen, God said. Because of my foreknowledge. And God said, I said, Lord, would you forgive my sins? He said, I did that millions of years ago. What do you mean, lose it? I feel so sorry for these people that don't that know nothing about the great, great grace of Almighty God. Amazing grace, how speak the sound. A chain wretch like me. What is that grace? It means I didn't do anything to deserve it, didn't do anything to get it, and I can't do anything to keep it. I just trust Him. And He does it all. It's done. The great transaction's done. Now you folks this morning have been coming to me saying, Little House, I... I'm having some doubts that I still saved. Forget it. Forget it. Just say, Jesus, I trusted you as my Savior. God said, yeah, I know. I know. I saved you before you got saved. You saved me before I got saved? Well, I knew you were going to do it. Someone hadn't did it. It's just like watching the Cowboys play football. Before the kickoff, put a little mark there in the lost column. That gives me a good thought. Suppose this morning this big old guy up here weighs 465 pounds. How much? 462. And, uh, boy, I'm sorry I exaggerated. Suppose this morning... This little girl here on the second row, suppose she walked up to him and she said, let's fight. 
And so, boy, he takes off his coat, doubles up his fist. She takes off her coat, doubles up her fist. I'd just say, chalk it up. No match. Chalk it up as a win. And bless God this morning. <laughs> I look at the devil trying to get me from Jesus. He hasn't got as much chance as she's got against him. Chalk it up! His good is done. Father, I pray this morning you'd help people to realize the eternality of our salvation.